Welcome to the Grace City Eugene podcast. We exist to help every person in our sphere of influence to encounter Christ, experience biblical community, and extend God's kingdom. You can learn more about us at gracecityeugene.com. Here's the podcast. Well, hello and welcome to another week of the Extended Cut. Pastor Chris, how are you doing? Better now. Great to be here yes, with you. Great to be here with you. Glad you can see me today. The Extended Cut. <laughs> yes. The Extended Cut, if uh, you've never tuned in before, is a weekly podcast we do where we just dive a little deeper into the content and message uh, from Sunday's sermon. So we're excited to do so. Uh, this week we get to recap Pastor Chris's most recent sermon titled False Hope from our Core Strength Sermon Series. And uh, if you have not checked that out yet, please go listen to it. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, the whole nine yards. So go listen to that probably on whatever platform you're currently watching or listening to this on. And uh, then you'll be a little bit better fit for our conversation. But Pastor Chris, you want to kick us off with just a little bit of a recap of uh, your sermon from Sunday? Yes, this week we uh, preached out of Colossians and we wrapped up chapter two. That's all I got for it. No, I'm just no great recap. Um, it's true. <laughs> and, you know, I started off this message talking about how uh, a lot of this has seemed repetitive so far. You see Paul coming at this um, this false preaching from these folks, um, and he's coming at it from different angles. Hey, here's one way it looks like. Here's another way it looks like. Here's how it's coming at you. And I addressed the tendency of us to kind of just disregard repetition in our society today because it's not efficient. It's, mm. it seems like condescending almost because like, oh, I heard you the first time. Right. But biblically repetition is a huge indicator of importance. Yeah. And so, um, I tried to, you know, go along with Paul in the, the different angle he was coming at this information from. But at the end of the day, he's saying, beware of things that either take away from or add to, which in turn takes away from mm-hmm. the potency and supremacy of the gospel of Jesus and what he did, his work on the cross and how it is fully sufficient to deliver us from all the things of this world. Mm. Now, we talked a little bit about how we can tend to try to craft or build our own hope, things for hope, and that also we can try to deconstruct things that like the world may tell us or religion may tell us to put our hope in to find like our own way in life. So religion or irreligion. And um, we discussed that and some of the dangers of that and how it all actually just kind of looks the same, right? We can be like, oh, I'm just not religious at all, which in turn you become religious because you put your own set of standards and values that in turn is just a very different religiosity. And so talking about that tension, how none of those are worthy of our hope. They are in fact false, give us false hope. And that it all boils down once again to who's the hero of the story. Right. Jesus and his work on the cross. So mm-hmm. that's a basic recap. No, it's good. And uh, I one thing I really liked about this sermon, as much as it maybe does hit a repetitive theme that we've kind of covered and talked about, um, I think it provided space for us to really talk practically about this Mm. um you quoted a theologian with kind of like here's four really clear ways of how this might play out in our world Mm -hmm. and so i think like that is one of the cool things about repetition is it creates space for us to really lean into something like i think too much of the time 
learning anything in general. You can just kind of sit on the surface of knowledge about a particular subject um, or idea, but you don't really lean into it to like know it and apply it. And so anytime that we have the opportunity to kind of maybe address a theme that has been present or it's been about in this series, it was an opportunity for us to, to just take another stab at like, this is what it looks like practically in your life to uh, maybe have some of these misconceptions or to trust in other things outside of Jesus. And I just really enjoyed that aspect of getting to kind of press into this theme a a bit more. Yeah. It's if Paul found it not just worthy, but necessary to spend this much time on it um, to people that were like a part of the early church, people that were alive when Jesus was here. Yeah then how much more do we need to press into mm-hmm. it, right? Like, um, and so often we can place ourselves because we really view our contemporary world as just elitist compared to the ancient Near East. Sure. It's the same stuff yeah. that we're dealing with. It's just packaged differently. It's the same human conditions. And so um, we need to be really careful not to elevate ourselves from the people of the early church. In fact, I, I would argue that maybe we should come come at it much more humbly. Sure. Um, and so it is It is nice to really dig in. And I was grateful for um, this theologian's notes and how it was like, hey, this the residue of this stuff is still here. Yeah. It may not have the same terminology or the same individual people as the figureheads for it, but this is very much sure. still a part of our world. Oh, so. That's great. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. Uh, here in the extended cut, we kind of have like five or six questions that we try to address five, every week. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's it's five planned. Actually, it might even just be four planned. Um, but you know, you never know what the spirit. You never know what the spirit may lead here. So, uh, we'll start with a a planned question here. Oh, okay. uh, what was most difficult for you in putting together the sermon this week? Most difficult, um, you. Mm, classic uh, every week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the most difficult was sifting through the repetition mm. to see what God might be giving me as fresh insight amidst the same theme. Mm. And that's what I think is awesome about Paul's stuff. It's like, yeah, cool. He's attacking the same thing or coming at the same thing, but there's fresh insight. Yeah. Paul does not waste words. The Lord does not waste space in his word. It does not return void. And so... Um, just really processing through that. Sure. And um, I say it was hard. Like it, it was more challenging than usual because the natural tendency is I'm reading through commentaries, reading through the scripture, praying through it, or listening to other theologians break it down on podcasts. And some of it was like, whoa, that's really deep. But <laughs> that's so far outside of what right. we've, the theme we've been in right now. That like, man, we need to start a new series just to get to a point where we can talk about that element of it. And, um, you know, it's just, there's a, there's a lot to sift through. And so, um, it was fun, but that filtration process can often be challenging because if something's profound to me, I want to share it. Right. But maybe now's not the time. Sure. Right. And so, and I, I think it's an interesting point from like a, a teacher perspective, um, just like pressing into learning more, when something feels a little bit repetitive and whatnot and how, how difficult that can be. You face that same tension, maybe even doubly so, when you're trying to teach something because you're like, 
not only does this maybe feel a little redundant to me, I don't want this to feel crazy redundant to the people or I, I need to help them see why redundancy is powerful mm-hmm. and, and helpful in this context and all that. And so like you as a teacher in this moment have to doubly press in to think, okay, how do I show why this is so important, so valuable yeah. and hope that it can be communicated and passed off yeah. um, through this teaching? There's There's a lot of weight in that. Um, there is. with, with that kind of pressure that we may feel sometimes to think like, I don't want them to think that I'm just preaching the same sermon I preached a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, so, so there, I imagine there's a significant weight in that when it's something like this. There is. And like, I value the opportunity, the reverence and the honor that each Sunday is to participate in. I have a high value of community and we get 52 of these a year. Yeah. Right. And so... I'm not trying to like, well, I, ta- I we hit this last week, so let me just remind you since some of you weren't here. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've just really started to, this, this chapter has caused me to, to view some of Paul's writings in this way. And maybe I should have learned this a long time ago. But um, say you and I are friends, theoretically. Theoretically, and, of course. And you come to me one week and you say, hey, Pastor Chris, I've, I've heard you speak about this thing in this way. And it seems like maybe there might be something to bring Mm. to the Lord there. Okay, cool. Thanks for bringing that up the next week. Hey, Chris, I just want to let you know, like I heard you saying this thing and it it made me concerned. Yeah, I know you already told me that next week. Hey, dude, like is the fact that you continue to bring it to me? Like, should I be insulted? Like I already heard you or is the reality that you haven't actually heard it yet? It hasn't become a part of like how you're viewing the situation. And so like just that ability to be like, this is like our father in heaven yeah. inspired this word to continue like digging. This is a big, he cares enough about us that, yeah. that this is there and it's, it's worth digging into. Mm-hmm. And um, if we put this in a relational context, it actually shows concern and care rather than like, Oh, it's just so condescending. Sure. Why? I'm not stupid. Well, yeah. And that's that's another sermon series. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you make a great point though, because I think if we were to really be humble about like the Christian life that we live, there have been things that we've been hearing for as long as we've been following Jesus that we're still struggling to implement and really fully believe in our lives. And so, like redundancy is is powerful because we're fallen broken humans that need redundancy that need like reminders of like hey this still needs addressed in your life hey that still needs worked on and uh sometimes i think we get a little too proud um that it's like i've i've read the gospel of john uh, a thousand times like Mm -hmm. what what is one more time going to be beneficial but then i hear like these brilliant theologians that know this stuff way better than you and I could ever hope to. And they're like, I just read this again and look at this fresh new insight I pulled out of this or just mm-hmm. something that I really felt like God highlighted on the page to me that I'd never seen before. And like s- too much of the time, we are just too proud about what we have the ability to receive from something that might feel redundant or pre-known to us. Anytime someone wants to get super self-righteous about redundancy, repetitiveness, like... You can ask two questions like, great, how's self-control going in your life? Mm. Or, hey, how's holding every thought captive going in your life? Yeah. Like, 
those are two of, of our time, especially just two of the most profound challenges yeah. that nobody has mastered. I don't believe anyone ever will, but they are com- consistent sources of humility for me in like removing the log from yeah. my eye. Yeah. And, you know, we can be really quick to say, gosh, this person really needs to hear this again. Great. How's the fruit of the spirit of self-control in your life? And like, there's other ones like, oh, I've become so much more patient. I'm this. I'm like, okay, how's self-control? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and you just remind, it's just a perspective shift. Like, hey, we all need this. Yeah. And when you come to this from humility, you're grateful that there's enough patience and grace and wisdom for these redundancies. Yeah, um, absolutely. So. That's really good. Uh, on on the other hand, what brought you most joy in putting together this message this last week? I know this can seem like a cop-out, but like the same thing. Yeah. Like I've said that before because for my own personal study, reflection, conviction, understanding, exploration, all of those other Asians, um, it, was, it was cool because um, as you dig into these things that seem redundant, there are layers that the Jewish reader and the people that were steeped in the culture and the issues of the time, it would have been like implicit that they would have understand certain things. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, yeah. right? And so let's go ahead and just bleed this into the next question. For instance, we read this and we're like, oh, elemental spirits and all these things. Oh, witchcraft bad, right? Like, yeah, okay. You're, you're talking in the midst of a Gentile people that did not have Yahweh, the God of Israel, as a part of their paradigm. And this is, I'm stealing some of this from Michael Heiser's stuff, so this isn't, I'm, I'm not as smart. Um, if you go back into Deuteronomy is where he says this kind of thought starts, and you see how these fallen angels were given dominion over mm. different elements, parts, these little G gods, right? Yeah. And that the Gentile world, that is all that they knew to put into the context of creation and some sort of God. Yeah. And so the work of Jesus on the cross removed the ultimate authority and power of these people and simultaneously is, simultaneously is now bringing this ultimate hope to people who didn't have it before. When you see it says, hey, this is so much better than these elemental spirits and these religious practices. He's talking about the cosmic battle that is going on, like this e- battle of like eternity and like yeah. the, the spiritual realm and all this, which for some of us are like, oh, weird spiritual realm. That sounds right. so mystic. No, it's like, no, read your Bible. Right. Like this is a cosmic battle that we are engaged in. And so for these people, it's going to the care to say, hey, all of these other gods of water and this and that, like mountains that you've been following because you didn't know better, like this has all been obliterated. Right. And like I had read his stuff, and I but I'd never applied his stuff to the context of this. So now I'm getting the merging of all these things. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just it makes things come alive. And now as if I put myself in the place of the Gentile hearer of this letter from Paul, I'm like, holy freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not like, oh man, that's a lot to think about. Like, holy freedom. And not just like an expression of like, holy, like, no, but also holy freedom and what this means for them. And it just continues to remind me, and this applies to us today too, because people still are struggling with this. How will they know if no one tells them? Right. 
how will they know? And like, how would these people know if this wasn't contextualized for them? Similarly, how would Saul have known what the work that Christ was doing in him when he met him on the road to Damascus had he not brought Ananias there to contextualize that and told him, hey, you got some work to do. This guy's who I've chosen to go do this. And so, um, so many people aren't worshiping other gods in spite of Yahweh, Jesus, the God of Israel, the God that we recognize. It's not like, hey, heck with him. I want this guy. They just don't know any better. That's all they've ever known. And people that are struggling with identity issues and addiction issues and pride issues and all this, like who has actually sat down to just tell them? How do we know? We assume, and Jessen was talking with us about this in our meeting earlier, like so many people just assume that, well, Christianity, people think this is a Christian nation. It seems to be the dominant religion. So people just know, like, no. Everyone that's following these other things isn't just to fly in the face of Christianity. I believe most people just don't know better. And how will they know unless someone tells them? And that's the great opportunity and honor God gives Mm -hmm. us in stewarding this this hope. And so it's just on such a bigger level. Like, hey, manage your your morals and your behaviors, okay? Like... This is insight into the cosmic shift that the cross caused and how that has implications in the Gentile world that was not just unbelieving, but unknowing. Yeah, that's really good. And I think on, you know, in in a similar vein, but maybe on the other side of that, like one thing I love that this passage and you addressed in the sermon too, is how um, sometimes we can... Uh, maybe overemphasize some of our own spiritual experiences and practice uh, and and end up elevating them to like a level of of Jesus, whether that be um, maybe some sort of spirit-led practice. Um, I, I think even uh, like Hebrews talks a lot about like the Jewish fascination with angels mm-hmm. and like receiving messages from angels and all these different kinds yeah. of things. And that's some of the stuff he's addressing here as yeah. well. Uh, speaking in tongues, all these different kinds of things that sometimes we can elevate even our own good spiritual practices um, above the, sufici- the sufficiency and centrality of Jesus mm-hmm. that end up putting us kind of in that same ballpark of what uh, pagan spiritual people are doing. We're just now doing this with our own religious experiences and understanding of how God interacts too. That's really good. And so I, I really appreciated both in this passage and in the sermon that it was kind of a highlight of both. Like this is how this plays out in the pagan, like worldly experience. And these are some of the risks we run to if we're not careful and how we might right. like overemphasize our personal experience over the finished work of, of Jesus. Yeah, that's really good, Chris. Well, <sighs> we'll just conclude by asking, like, is there any other final application points or just, like, even if you just wanted to kind of reiterate your heart um, for this message and for our people uh, as we as we wrap up the podcast today? Um, I laugh because a non-premeditated thought popped into my head that... Now i got to figure out how to say it because I'm supposed to. Thank um, you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, I think just understanding that the Bible is so much bigger than us. Mm. And I think the, the contemporary Western way to read the Bible or the tendency is to read it as like, yeah, this is for me and this is about me. And like, yes, it's for me. And 
yes, the the grander story that I am a part of is this story, the narrative of God redeeming his people, but it's so much bigger than us and it's not centered on us. And we aren't meant to be the hero of any chapter or part of our life simply by following God's word. It is to point people to him, him yeah. being the hero. And like, this is so much bigger than the church in, church in Colossae, but he's utilizing like what's going on in their church to highlight the bigger story. Yeah. And this is not a like Western world centric story. And um, I know there's a lot of critics out there of, you know, church and preachers that will tell people like, Hey, this, this is being shifted to be about the person, the eisegesis versus the exegesis. Sure. Right. Um, and I'm not trying to point fingers or cause anyone to just view everything skeptically. What I am saying is you are a part of an eternal cosmic story and we get the honor of being a part of that, yeah. of having responsibility and mission in that, being a part of a family business that warrants ownership, not yeah. just consuming. And when we can view like the proper context and scope of the story we're a part of, I think it just it just makes me in awe. Yeah. And so I things like this and this week's sermon and the preparation for it caused me to just be in awe of how huge God, his story, his work, the sufficiency of Jesus is. And that even though I'm just a minuscule part of that, I'm a meaningful part of it. Yeah. And we tend to equate like size with importance and like, I'm sure. just a tiny part of this, but I'm meaningful and God has called me and he works through me and he allows me to partner in his work. And it's like the honor it is to be part of such a just huge scope, huge work in like shift in yeah. eternal perspective. And so because that was a little bit of a new thought moment, it probably wasn't formed super well, but did any of that no, make sense? I, I think so. And I think the proper response out of that revelation is to then press in. Mm -hmm. Like because this these are words and verses that we shouldn't just take on some like easy face level, surface level kind of thing, like it requires us to press in, mm -hmm. um, especially when, when it feels redundant, when it feels known, when it feels understood, like press in because I promise you like there's more to receive in this. Yeah. Um, along with what you're saying, I've, I've, I've often heard it said, um, the Bible was written for you, but the Bible is not necessarily written to you. Yeah. Uh, they they have these contexts, they have these backgrounds, they have all these different moments, and so like it requires us to like really lean in to know like what was the Colossian culture like, and w what was the religious demographic of their city? How is this similar to what we're experiencing, what we go through now? Like, um, who are the church leaders? What was going on? Like, we have to press in if this is going to like sink deep and be able to become like real and true and something that we can hold on to mm -hmm. and believe. Yeah. Well, that's really good. I think, and I'm looking at the scripture here, like there's a lot of what we call hyperlinks just yeah. in this text where like, if you were to look at this on a website, it would point to other sources or other connections. Like start reading the Bible as you familiarize yourself with it. What is this? What else is this linked to? This yeah. sounds like something else. Like when you read, they've not less connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Being connected to God causes you to continue to grow. That's John 15, right? right? Be connect, remain in the vine. Yep. 
remain in him. And like, there's just all of these or things. Even first that, Corinthians. Yes. And so like it, again, it's so much bigger than a face value reading mm-hmm. indicates. Like you can read this from a place of like, gosh, I'm just so chick- sick of the, the church. So always telling me what to do and this and that. And then you read like, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of the world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. These rules are destined to perish. You can be like, that's right. Yeah. No rules. Christian liberty. I'm just going to do whatever I want to, whatever I want to do. The, the cross of Christ is sufficient to cover all my waywardness. Like, right. well, yes, but if you're unrepentant and considering that your lifestyle that you're going to seek, like that's different. That's not the heart of God. Yeah. Like dig deeper. This isn't a, a yep. face value gives you permission to do what you want. Yep. Digging in says, here's the heart of God and how I partner with that. And so I think that's just a big application point. Like yeah. so many people have said, well, this is what it says. I just take things for what it says. Like, no, you're not taking it for what it says. You're taking it for your understanding. Right. And lean not on your own understanding. Yep. Amen. And so anyway, and I think practically that might look like uh, trying to purchase a study Bible. Uh, versus just your normal, you know, like thin line NIV that you read that maybe it might have some of these kinds of footnotes and different things, but it probably doesn't have much like getting into a study Bible is a really great way. Um, I really enjoy the uh, he reads truth Bible. They make the counter. She reads truth as well, um, because one of the things it does at the beginning of every chapter is it offers you a reading plan. It says we're going to read Colossians in three weeks or whatever it may be. And they will uh, give a passage that they recommend reading alongside of it. Mm-hmm. So you should also check out Second Samuel, blah, 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 because you never know what you might find that all of a sudden you're seeing this little hyperlink here. And um, but you can find that in most study Bibles and in probably any translation that you want to go pick up. Uh, ESV, yeah. CSB, NIV, like there's a lot of great study Bibles yep. out there. And Go to the Bible Project. Yep. Go through their stuff. Um, go When you use the Bible app on your computer, hit parallel and choose another translation that may be different. Like choose the message and the ESV and yeah. read along and you get to see the nuance. Occasionally crack open the amplified version on there. Like yep. don't buy it. That's you know like this big, but go to the Bible app and look at the version amplified and see all more yeah. of the content, like start to see what else is out there. There's websites like the net Bible that yep. you told me about that have commentary along with it. So you can see what some academics might say and point out about it. like, this, the resources are there more than ever in the history of humankind. Yep. You don't have to have a library to understand the context yep. of this stuff. And so yep. um, my prayer is that as we talk about these things, there will be something enticing that will cause you as the hearer, you as the follower of Jesus to, to crave like depth in the Bible in yep. a new way and that it will make a vibrancy that will just come out of your relationship with him. Not just yep. so you have knowledge, so that there's a vibrancy that shines a light in a dark world. Yeah. Amen. Amen. If you need help in that journey, please uh, connect with a leader in our church. Pull either myself or Chris aside on a Sunday. Talk to your life group leader. Like, however we can help support and empower you um, with with resources, with just questions that you have. Um, please connect with one of us, yeah. with a leader in our church, and we'd love to help you. Yes. Don't settle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Extended Cut. We hope that you're blessed. Share this with somebody that you find or that you might think would find encouragement in this and uh, help as we continue diving deeper into our sermons. Hope you have a great week and we'll see you soon. See you later.